Thank you for listening to this teaching from the prayer room. For more teachings, notes, downloads, or to subscribe to our podcast, as well as information about who we are and our upcoming events, visit our website at theprayerroomdfw.com. This is Prayer Room's Prophetic History, Session 13. I've entitled it The Building Process. Now, what I want to do in this session is I want to talk about the journey, not just what is coming, but what has been, and uh, describe a little bit of the details of what it is that the Lord has told us that we would be doing as a ministry. Now, last week I ended, or last session, I can't remember when that was, last week I think, last session I ended with a little bit of uh, the what we want to do with the money when the money comes in, because the Lord has made it so clear that there is ridiculous amounts of finances coming our way, and uh, we want to uh, be intentional with those resources and not, not have no plan when they show up. So last week I kind of ended with, when we get these resources, we're going to plant this, and when we get these resources, we're going to start this. Well, what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to use some of, uh, some of the dreams that we've talked about already and some, introduce some new ones tonight that have shown the Lord's leadership over this ministry at each step of our journey. And in the same way that he's led us in the past, he's also given us words about our future related to this season that we're in right now and the coming season. And so I, I want to talk about the prayer room as a journey as a process, this building process, that what we've experienced over the course of the last 14 years has been the Lord's leadership to take us from no prayer meetings at all to starting a prayer meeting in my living room to moving out of that into our first space, into our second space, into our third. You don't know this is our fifth location here, and the Lord has made it clear that we have two more at least, one that's a good bit bigger than this and then one that's a whole lot bigger than that. And so I want to step us through, I want to get us engaged in the storyline because I believe that there is a portion of responsibility that rests on our shoulders to agree in the place of prayer and in faithfulness. The biggest way we agree, by the way, is we just keep showing up for prayer meetings. I mean, that is our biggest point of agreement. Um, But the second is with intentional intercession for the things that the Lord has spoken. And so uh, that's going to be kind of our, our session focus here tonight a picture of the process, a little bit of timing. Uh, Some of that is, well, all of it is impossible to know for sure, but there are some hints, there are some indications, and I'm going to allude to those tonight and kind of talk through a little bit of those about what we're loosely expecting. And uh, our biggest desire is Galatians 5.25 in relationship to the leading of the Holy Spirit, and that is, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I don't want to be trying to force big things one day sooner than it's God's plan. Nor do I want to miss out on purposes that he has and hold out one day longer than we're supposed to. Uh, We want to stay in step. And I'll tell you this, the Lord has really made it easy. I don't mean the steps have been easy. I mean his leadership has been clear is what I really mean when I say he's made it easy. He's made it easy to follow his leading, to keep in step with the Holy Spirit because we've been dancing with him in the waltz, and then all of a sudden, he just starts doing the flossing over there. I mean, it's like he's run away, and now he's doing the jig. You know, and then he's over there, and now he's, you know, doing the mamba. I mean, it's like he's all over the place sometimes, but he's made it really clear. I'm changing the dance moves. Follow me. And when he's made that clear, we have taken 
every single step along with him. Now, part of the problem with this is, if you get to waltzing, and the Holy Spirit's waltzing for years, and you are tired of waltzing, shut up, it doesn't matter. Just keep waltzing. You just follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. You don't get ahead of him. You don't stop when he doesn't stop. You don't change directions. You don't change gears. So one thing I am so grateful for is 14 years of precise following of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes those steps have looked exciting. Sometimes those steps have looked horrifying. And we followed the Holy Spirit wherever he goes. So I, I want to tell you, we are committed to this. And we've got 14 years. You've been hearing the stories throughout this series of our commitment to keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. Part of that promise or, or part of that process is we not only have we followed him, we will follow him. And he has shown us steps in our future and they are steps that we are fully believing are going to happen and that we are waiting for his leadership to take. Sometimes people come to me and they say, hey, you know, we could do this or we could try to make this or I could go talk to this guy and try to make this happen. And I go, you know what? I don't, I mean, I'm not going to stop you, but I'm not putting any stock in that. Like, I'm not trying to make these things happen. I'm waiting for God to do it so impossibly loud that we can't mistake it like changing from the waltz to the tango. I mean, it is an obvious shift. I want to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And, I, and again, he's made that easy for us, not the steps themselves, but his leading. He's made it very clear and obvious every time for 14 years. So I trust that. And so tonight... I want to give you one of the most important dreams. It's difficult to say which one's more important than this and that. This is one of those dreams that has been uh, the most clear that I can think of describing the process. Uh, the journey dream would be another one that's very much uh, in that uh, realm. But this dream is one that I haven't told yet in this series. And uh, we just refer to it as the rail master dream because the Lord showed himself to us in this dream as the one in charge of the rail line of which TPR is a train on tracks. And he's in charge of the tracks and the direction those tracks go and how it all works. So I'm going to read you this dream that Luke Cooper had in 2013. The dream was like a video game with trains. Level one was simple and small. And after doing that track well, I was awarded bonus money from the railmaster to move on to level two. It was a little bigger than level one, and I used the money to buy or to build a new track for the train, which involved much hard work. After some time, the train being, uh, of the train being successful, I was awarded bonus money from the railmaster, and I was able to move on to level three, which was twice to three times the size of level two. Level three was very successful, and I was awarded bonus money like usual, but it was not nearly enough to get to level four, which was three or four times as big as level three. It seemed like I was stuck, but the railmaster did something scandalous that wasn't supposed to happen, and suddenly I was given additional bonus money 50 to 100 times larger than what it should have been. More money was going to come from bonus positions along the way. Now, since 2013, when Luke had this dream, 
I've been thinking about, praying about, picturing where does this fit, how much of this has to do with our past, how much of this has to do with our future, and we got it. It's really clear. Level one, which was described as very simple and small, was the season of the first 10 years of the prayer room's history. It was the first 10 years we were small and things were simple. Level two is the season related to this building. It was described as a little bigger and growing. Just so happens that our largest location, uh, that that was ours at least, was uh, about 5,800 square feet, uh, the Pioneer Parkway location, and this one's 6,500 square feet. You'd call that a little bigger. And Pioneer Parkway was kind of the height of that first season, okay? So this second season, level two, it's funny because the way we got from level one to level two in the dream was... The railmaster released supernatural money from heaven. If anybody recalls the breadbasket and the $50,000, $50,000, $40,000, the Lord released to us money in a way that was profound that we'd never experienced before. And that's just what this dream said. That's how we were going to get from level one to level two. Now, level two was described as a season where things were working and it was much hard work. Man, I don't... I don't remember working so hard as trying to get into this building. And then in, those, in that first season of time, especially once we got into this facility. Well, level three is the next season that's attached to another building. It's not this building. This building can't accommodate for everything that the third season or the third level speaks to in this dream. Now, I'm giving you this dream as a starting point. There's a number of more dreams I'm going to share in this session tonight that will help us develop the storyline more clearly. But I just want to make it clear that level three in this dream requires supernatural money again, and then also requires that we wind up the way that it read was, it was, let's see, uh, three, yeah, yeah, t- uh, two to three times the size of level two and the, and the realities of level two. I think that has to do with square footage. I think it has to do with the size of the room. I think it has to do with the influence. I think it has to do with the finances. It's two to three times the size. Now, just so you know, we can get, if we cram them, because we've done it once, if we cram chairs in this room, we can get 120 people in this room. So call it three times that would be 360. I don't think it's going to actually be 360 chairs. I'm just trying to get some sort of a gauge somewhere in the 300, you know, uh, seater kind of, of a bracket. That's kind of our thought process, according to this dream. But then it's interesting. Then things shift in the dream, and we go from believable, natural, kind of normal following the rules of financial upgrade to something where the railmaster breaks in and does something scandalous, and he changes the rules. He says, for you to get from level three to level four, it's, we're breaking all the rules. We are not going to follow the pattern that we've been following for the previous however many years, however many facilities, however many upgrades. When we go from level three to level four, it is going to be a supernatural, in, incredible, impossible amount of resources that are released. And I, I feel confident level four is the escapade building. We have yet one step between where we are now and the Escapade building. It's this whole level three reality. It's a, it's a reality where the prayer room, the way that it, it reads in so many of the dreams that I'm going to read tonight to you, is the prayer room goes from what we're experiencing right now, which I'd say is pretty good. Things are pretty good right now, to a season where the Holy Spirit starts moving a little bit. 
and then we start growing. Well, we can't really grow too much here. Not really. I mean, look around. I mean, we can't, and there's a bunch of people who aren't here tonight because COVID stuff, you know, or they just feel like it. It's like, we can't really grow here too much. And the Lord knows that and has spoken to us plenty ahead of time. So there's kind of the breakdown of those. Oh, and just uh, one more detail. It's just so fun the way that the Lord does this. The, uh, the, in the dream, it says that level four was three to four times as big as level three. So just following the math, four times 360 is uh, 14 something, 1440. Well, most of the dreams that we've had were somewhere around a thousand to a 1500 seat auditorium being the final, you know, uh, final, well, I don't want to say resting place, but final place, you know, um, and the escapade building and the journey dream specifically had that number 1500 uh, seat, you know, sort of a scenario. So it's just so funny that Luke Cooper has his dreams quite some time after I have the journey dream and it's in complete agreement. I mean, just boom, boom, boom. And so you, you can start to then see where, where I think we are in this and what I'm expecting. The steps before the escapade. He's, his leading about a smaller facility first was very clear. Everything that we've experienced up to this point, however, has been preparation for us. It's been preparation for us in, in testing us in difficulty. It's been preparation in giving us a place for people to gather, be a place for people to meet each other, get married, and have babies. I mean, a place for community to form, a place for DNA to go deep, a place for us to develop our prayer model, a place every step of this journey has been important to the Holy Spirit. So I don't just suffer, uh, uh, celebrate the next future steps. I celebrate the steps that have brought us to this point. Here's what's so great. The Holy Spirit clearly spoke about every building we would be in and every season related to it in the season right before through dreams. Now, sometimes we didn't perceive those dreams until we were actually living them out. And we find ourselves looking back at the dreams and going, oh my gosh, these details are exactly what this was. This, the Lord spoke to us ahead of time. He spoke to us before several times. We've got enough prophetic information. We could tell what was coming beforehand. And we knew, yeah, we're not even interested in that building or that thing or this because the Holy Spirit is speaking clearly about this other thing. He's been leading us in dreams. Reason I want to make that clear is while it's a really weird way to buy buildings, we buy buildings because the Holy Spirit gives us a bunch of dreams about a building and then we go get the building. And we don't get the building because we can afford it. We can't ever afford it. But it's like, well, let's just go Jericho march around the thing till the walls fall down. And then it's ours. And so I want to tell you our future will be very much like our past. And so the buildings get bigger, but the thought process is really the same. I just, I love the way that we moved into the Pioneer Parkway uh, lease space and we're there for a week or two and Pastor Tom Schleter comes up and says, Brad, 20 years ago, me and some pastors, we used to meet across the way over, over in this other part of Arlington and uh, we would uh, meet every week and pray together and we would walk across the parking lot to this uh, empty lease space and we would pray, God, give this to the city of Arlington as a house of prayer that belongs to the city, not to a single congregation. Give this facility. He said, Brad, you moved into the lease space. We thought the word was for us. We were waiting for nine-year-old you to grow up so that you could be the one that could be a director over this thing. I was, I was blown away by it. The Lord cares about 
the prayer room, where we're going and what we're doing, I, it makes leadership in one sense really easy because I don't have to make any decisions. They are all made for us. The frustrating part is when he's not talking, you know he'll talk when he's good and ready. But in the meantime, you just have to put up with whatever the headaches and the hassles are that aren't being answered because you cannot go and just do your thing. You cannot just go do whatever you want. It's very clear when you're following the cloud, you don't just go left if the cloud's going straight or right. You keep following the cloud, whether you feel like it or not. We get into the Prince of Peace. We, I'm just backing up a little bit. I'm trying to give you guys some, some track record steps he's given us so that then some of the future steps you can believe for in like manner before we take those steps. We move into the Prince of Peace Church. This was a decision that we didn't want to make. We didn't want to move out of the lease space and move into a local church. The local church was great, but it wasn't our DNA. It wasn't our home. We didn't want to take that step. Soon as the suggestion is brought up by the pastor, Prince of Peace, hey, Brad, if the prayer room ever needed to move out of your current facility, a decision we had made just days before, he didn't know that. He said, if you ever need to move out of your facility, you could move in with us. We'd be happy to host you. Soon as that happened, I looked back and I found, I'm looking through my dreams, I'm looking through the, the various prophetic history that we have, and I remember a dream that I think makes sense based off of the, the geography and the situation. And for those of you who didn't have the privilege of being with us during the Prince of Peace years, my oh my, talk to somebody who was because it was a very interesting season of time for a number of reasons. If you want a picture, I'll read you a dream that will tell you exactly what it was about. This dream was in 2010. We didn't move into Prince of Peace until 2013. In the dream, this was uh, by Bernie. I've told you guys a little bit about him already in the series. Bernie had this dream. In the dream, I drove to this area with all these police cars all around. Man, that was Prince of Peace. Amen, ATN? That was Prince of Peace. That's right. Uh, this area that wasn't in a good part of town, uh, but a guy in the neighborhood came up to me, and he told me that they were doing missionary work here. At this, uh, at this building. Then I was in a building in that neighborhood, and I had a strong feeling the, the prayer room would be moving into this building. One odd thing about it, however, was that it seemed like there was other activity going on in this building besides just the prayer room, like there were other groups meeting there. This church had, I think, at one point, three different churches and three other parachurch organizations operating in the same building. It was a, it was a bit of a zoo. Uh, the building was all white inside except for where our merchandise was, where our bookstore stuff was. I saw our water bottles there specifically. Brad took me into the room where we were going to be putting the new prayer room. It was an all-white uh, room, too, with the walls. This location seemed to be very hidden. Man, it was very hidden. All the walls were white in the whole building. All the walls were white, except where we had our bookshelves was a brick wall. It was, just, it was unbelievable, the details, the accuracy. We were in a part of town where, man, one good news was is if you called the cops, they would be there in about 13 seconds because they were right around the corner kind of waiting for something bad to happen. The first week we were there, a police officer shot a dog of the dude across the street uh, I mean, because the dog was, you know, attacking people and stuff. I mean, it was a really interesting season. The Lord gave us details about a dangerous neighborhood, other groups sharing the facility, being in a very hidden place, both physically and also just as a season. 
and all white walls except for where the merchandise was. I just thought that was just so interesting. Okay, so Amy has a dream back in uh, 2010, and this was the first dream that we'd ever had that I'm aware of that was clearly about a big building. Now, I'll give you just a, 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 a bigger facility for TPR. Now, fun little detail that I didn't realize until today. I just think it's so funny when the Lord does that. You don't get a detail until, it's 2020, it's 10 years, okay? My wife has this dream. I don't put the dots together. My wife has this dream weeks after the movie Avatar comes out. Now, that's back in 2010. Now, the reason that that matters is it just, if you haven't seen the movie, it doesn't matter. But in, in Avatar, their home was called Home Tree. And it was a huge tree. And that was like their home base was this giant tree. Okay? And so that's how they, that, their whole life was based out of this tree. All right? So my wife has a dream about two trees, okay? I'm going to read it to you. This is February of 2010, just a few weeks after that movie came out. In my dream, Brad and I were on the hunt for a big tree. And after some time of searching through various clearings, we came to a very thickly treed area where the trees all around were as thick as bamboo, except there was a small clearing with one little tree in the middle where we were standing. We were glad to find this tree, but we also knew that this wasn't the big one that we were searching for and that we were still to keep trying to get to that big tree. That may seem like a very simple dream to you. It may not really impact you. This was the first dream we ever had. As soon as she had the dream, I knew what the Holy Spirit was communicating because I had a dream that same night about a building, the same night. Okay, so when she's telling me her dream, I'd start telling her my dream, and the two of us are together putting together the details. As soon as she tells me the dream, I clear, crystal clear, it's two buildings. One will be home, but it will be a smaller building, and we'll own it. The second will be home, but it'll be our future one, and it's a giant building, and we're going to own it. We're in tree one right now. There are so many details I left out about the dream just because for the sake of brevity, It's so clear that the Lord set all this up, even from back in 2010. We are in that first reality right now, but still waiting, still looking for that future reality, for that that big one that's coming. The wisdom of uh, of our current facility here at Nora. When the Lord got us into this building, you guys, if you remember the session, I talked about the storyline of how we got this facility. It was unbelievable the way that the Lord orchestrated details. He made it so clear because he wanted us in this place Because he wanted this base of operation right here geographically, right here size, right here in so many ways so that he could begin to pour out his spirit on us here in this place and that that would wind up leading us to uh, uh, to the next steps. So let me just give you just a quick what I anticipate happening. This is, I could be wrong on some of these details, but I've prayed about it enough that I feel comfortable enough sharing it with you. Some version of the following. I think we're going to be here at this Nora building for a while, and then things are going to shift again. When we were at Prince of Peace, or you could even go back to Pioneer, there was a shift that occurred, and we knew it's time to move. Then it happened again at Prince of Peace. We knew it was time to move. And there were things shifting in the ministry. I think we're going to be here for a while. I don't know how long a while is. And then we're going to see and feel things shifting again. And at some point in the process of that shifting, we're going to start growing in a way that makes it impossible for us to continue to operate here in this building. We're going to then get a larger facility 
But there's a number of reasons why I believe we're going to keep this building. I think we're going to keep it as a training center, maybe even as our prayer room. I don't know. There's some other ideas there. After some time of that bigger facility, we're going to outgrow it. And somewhere in there, we're going to buy or be given the Escapade 2001 building over on Cooper Street. We are absolutely going to own that property one day. And I am not going to try to make it happen. Uh, that wouldn't work anyway. But, but when it's time, we're going to wind up owning that campus. And then if I get a vote, Holy Spirit, give me a vote. We're going to bulldoze that building and we're going to build a real campus for our ministry school and for the prayer room and for our base, okay? It's 13 acres. It's enormous. There's plenty of room to do lots of stuff there. How 13 acres has gone unbought for 20-plus years on Cooper Street in Arlington is befuddling. Okay, after that, it'll take a year of planning, I'm guessing, just a guess, and development and building, maybe even a year and a half or two years. It's Once we get that, that land we're not going to be able to move into it immediately. I mean, there's going to be a lot of work that's going to take. And then after some time, we'll move into the Escapade building, and that's when the journey begins. The journey that the Lord gave us, the journey dream, the takeoff, the moments where the rules change, where the, where the rail master breaks the rules and does something scandalous and starts to release to us crazy resources that are just rule-breaking. It happens when the journey begins. It happens when we get into that Escapade building. We'll have to see some supernatural finances, but it's a lowercase s supernatural, really, by comparison to where things are going. We'll have to see some supernatural finances to get us into that building. But that is small potatoes by comparison to what the Lord has told us is coming after that. And it's small potatoes by the presence of God that he's promised us. It's small potatoes by the influence that he's told us we're going to have by the, the measure of planting works and, and resourcing the kingdom of God in, in incredible ways. The Lord's made it all really clear. Listen, I want to tell you, I believe this fully because he has led us this same exact way for 14 years and has done just what he said he was going to do through dreams, night-night land communication. Go to bed with no idea, have a dream, wake up, and know the future. It's really a weird way to live. He's been leading us this way for 14 years, and we've been following the cloud. That's how we got here. It's how we'll get where we're going. I believe completely these things to be fact. We are following the leadership of the Holy Spirit, not just that we'll follow him. We're following him in the exact way he has been leading us for 14 years, the exact breadcrumb trails. We know how to follow him. A sizable step before the escapade building. I'm going to just uh, real quickly recap one part of the journey dream. After a couple of the first things happened in the dream, I walked down this corridor up to the next floor of the ship, which opened up into a large room that was very well done. And after we were in that room for a while, then the billionaire appeared on the balcony. And it's when he appears on the balcony that then we make the transition into the larger facility, which I believe is the Escapade building. But here's the detail. This describes us being upgraded into what is described as a very large, well-done room. Very large, well-done facility. Very large, well-done prayer room. Uh, when I think well-done prayer room, I'm not thinking how we skated by to make this work, where we've got just enough room for like 50 chairs or whatever. I mean, this is not that. 
This is still a future reality, but this isn't the big one. This is before the big one. So even back in the very original journey dream, the Holy Spirit was communicating to us, we have a step between where we are now and where we'll be when this thing takes off in fullness, okay? Well, let me give you some dreams that support this, that kind of tell some more of the story. I had this dream in 2010. I had no idea what it meant. In the dream, I came into a church that I knew, we were at Pioneer Parkway at this time, if you guys are tracking with our history. In the dream, I came into a church that I knew was here in the area somewhere, here in Arlington somewhere. It felt like it was an old Methodist church. We were being given it, and at least some of the people that were connected there were uh, uh, as well. But I wasn't sure if they would stay because it had previously come from such a different theological environment. For some reason, this point was really highlighted. I saw a number of youth that were really excited. They were passionate and teachable, but they were going to need some work. Now, the reason I share that particular detail is because in my own flesh, I would not want the prayer room at a local church building. There's a lot of reasons for that. I would not want that in my own flesh. I had this dream and I kind of like tried to dismiss it. Until we bought this building that is the old Trinity United Methodists youth facility. Trinity United Methodist Church was across the street. Okay? So that's an old Methodist church, if you will, that's now been taken over by a cult. They believe in God the mother. So don't go visit there thinking that you're going to a Christian church. Okay, so this group that we definitely don't believe in and, uh, and agree with theologically is across the street, and we have this Nora facility, which is the old youth ministry building of the, uh, of the Methodist church before they sold off, okay? Next dream, had this one in 2014. This, uh, this one wasn't me, this was uh, one of our worship leaders at the time. I was about to lead worship on a Friday night for the 9 to 11 set, but we weren't at Prince of Peace anymore. The stage in this place was bigger, significantly larger than the one that we had at 939 West Pioneer Parkway. Now, for anybody who just wants to wonder how big this stage is, it's about a third as big as the one we had at Pioneer Parkway. This dream is about a building where the stage is going to be two to, th- well, larger, larger than the one we had over there, which is a good bit larger than here. I was leading the set by myself. The room was full and the majority of the people were engaged. The transition into this building had happened almost overnight, like where all of the details came out of nowhere. This seemed to happen while we were still small and didn't have much manpower. It seemed to be when God was just starting to move on us and through us in powerful ways. Again, this dream in 2014, speaking about a building that isn't this one, that's bigger than this one, but it also doesn't fit the details of the Escapade building because this is just when the Lord's just starting to move on us, just when we're just starting to grow, just starting to, 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 to uh, build out a little bit. One of our worship leaders, a different worship leader, had this dream in 2015. In my dream, TPR was meeting in a large church. I didn't see the rest of the building, only the back prayer room. This was our new building. There was a large stage in the main room, and it had many other rooms for different uses. You put these details together, it's it's the exact same idea. It's a church that we're going to move into after this building, which, again, would not be in my flesh 
my natural desire, okay? We're going to move out of this building into a church, and that, that isn't the Escapade building. There is yet a step between where we are now and that Escapade building. This dream was in 2015, <clears throat> okay? Another dream. This was one I had in 2016. TPR moving into a 300-plus seater auditorium. In the dream, we were in a new, more spacious facility than our current one, which our current one is this, than at Nora. It could hold three to 500 people, and we had recently remodeled and moved into it. Full teams were a normal thing, and we had lots of 20-year-olds around. It was a midweek, middle-of-the-day prayer meeting, and the team had about a dozen people on it a blend between our current staff and others that I didn't recognize. We were in a growth season, and we were holding some version of an FMA school. So this is now talking about a season of time where the prayer room is starting to grow, but instead of us growing out of the Nora building into the Escapade building, we grow out of the Nora building into a local church building. John Lunt, who's been around for years, we used to be really involved, was one of our main prayer leaders, had a dream a couple years ago. I walk into the prayer room for encounter service. It was our people, but it wasn't our current prayer room. This was while we were still at this building. The room was bigger, and it was pretty packed. I was confused in my dream, and I asked someone where we were. TPR had gotten too big to hold our encounter services at our current prayer room, the Nora building. So we moved our services to a place that didn't have many people and had lots of space. We were in a stage where we were growing really fast. So a stage where we're, we're starting to grow, it's a larger prayer room, but what's interesting about this is, this is talking specifically first about outgrowing our encounter services, not outgrowing our prayer room. So it's the encounter services start growing first, which all it would take is for the Holy Spirit to start showing up here on Saturday nights in a profound way, and people start getting healed and touched and you know the, hit by the Holy Spirit in some profound ways, and then it'll be a minute later that the prayer meetings grow. The encounter service will start growing quick. But it's interesting that we had not given up the Nora building, but we're somehow having encounter service meetings in a facility that I'm guessing is close enough by that we can still get to it and relate to it. Next dream. This is one that Kendall had. Where'd she go? Oh, she's not even in here to hear it. Okay, you tell her. All right. Uh, so this is one that Kendall had in 2017. In the dream, I was coming back. 2017, She in this period of time, she was either pregnant with Kyrie or had just had Kyrie. In the dream, I was coming back uh, to my regular sacred trust schedule after being away for baby leave. We had expanded the prayer room so that it was now two rooms connected together somehow. And it was completely packed on a Tuesday night, seven to nine set. I couldn't even find a seat. So now it's talking about the prayer room experiencing a season of growth where now the prayer room itself is packed, but there is another room that's somehow connected to our base, just like the other dream. That now the encounter services are nearby enough that they can still be, you know, gotten to or whatever, but the prayer room's here and it's packed and a Tuesday night 7 to 9 is overflowing. She can't find a seat. Can't find a seat. Somebody give the girl a seat. I have a dream in 2013 that I want to relate back to. This was an important one. It felt like a church building, best way I can say it. The description of what the environment felt like when I was in this meeting, it felt like a, uh, a church building. I had a dream that TPR had moved into a larger facility. The room was full. It seemed like this was our kickoff rally for a new building. 
There were hundreds, maybe even a thousand people in attendance. It seemed like the whole city had turned out for this prayer meeting. It was a prayer meeting. The room was packed. The, the lobby was overflowing. They weren't all in the sanctuary. It's like this, the building filled up in order to celebrate this crazy moment for the prayer rooms, like history and development and growth. I kept saying it like four times in the dream. I cut it all out because it was in there so many times it was annoying to me. But I wrote down four different times, it felt like the whole city turned out for this prayer meeting. This prayer meeting was a kickoff rally for the prayer room. The prayer room was supercharged with the Spirit, full of faith to see revival come. And there were obvious manifestations of the Holy Spirit in the room. And I got up and I proclaimed 2 Chronicles 7.14 on the mic, and I called the room to press in for revival. It's a pretty fun dream. 2014, I had another dream. Now this one, I believe is another one of those helpful telling the story, putting the storyline together dreams. I love the way the Lord does this. He'll give us one dream about going on a journey, another dream about the railmaster, and this dream was about taking over an enemy base. And you put the three dreams together and the storyline is like crystal clear. The dream began just after our small team had stormed an enemy fortress and taken control of it. It was a large and fully furnished base. I went to the leader's private office and I found treasure worth countless millions. At the time, a massive naval vessel arrived to give us aid. I boarded and I told them that we didn't need their help. We had won the battle and one of the high-ranking officers told me that he would get the message to the naval commander and that I needed to get moving because they were about to set sail immediately and I was not supposed to stay on board. I quickly got off and I stepped onto the dock and I knew that everything regarding this fortress that we had just taken over was all wrapped up and secure. Now here's a couple of the details to connect. We were going to wind up in the journey dream, we were going to wind up getting into a, a space that was two to three times larger. Or, oh, well, that, that didn't use that language. That was the uh, real master dream. But two to three times larger than this. 300, 500, somewhere in that range. But in the journey dream, we were going to wind up getting into a room where the Holy Spirit was going to wind up uh, getting us in that was described as large and very well done. Here the language is, it was a large and fully furnished base. Large, very well done. Fully furnished, large, very furnished, fully furnished base. It's the exact same language. But here's the part that makes me laugh. It's an enemy base. An enemy base. Why would we want to take over an enemy base, especially if it's a church? Why would we want to do that? Because they're an enemy base. <laughs> also, they said, it's not time for you to be on the large vessel yet. It's not yet time to go on the journey. you got to get off. There's still yet a season of waiting. That's what we're talking about, a season between where we are now and where we're going to be on the journey, when the journey takes off, it's money in ways we can't imagine. It's growth in ways we can't keep track of. It's launching schools and planting missions bases around the earth. I mean, it is going to be the wildest journey. But between where we are now and there, there is a season that is not yet the takeoff of the journey, but still yet a season of tremendous uh, growth and strength that's going to be between where we are now and, and where we're going to be. And it has something to do with taking over an enemy base. Now, I just throw this in because it's interesting to me. It's just a funny thing. In the course of about two years, I had three different senior pastors 
approached me privately, individually, didn't know each other, didn't know anybody had said anything else. I had three senior pastors approach me and talk about giving me their church building for the prayer room. Three. Three different pastors talk about giving me their church. And I was like, that's just really weird. I mean, if I hadn't had dreams about pastors giving me church buildings, I don't, it's just a really weird thing to have had happen. Now, none of them did it. I mean, you can tell, but yet. Uh, but what's really interesting about that is one pastor particularly approached me. And he said this, and he was talking real serious. He had some real interesting ideas. And a few weeks later, there was a, he had a guest speaker at his church. And it just so happened one of our leaders just randomly happened to be at that church that morning for the church service. And the guest speaker knew that the leader was part of, this, of the leadership team here. That's just a lot of really weird connection points. So there's a guest speaker at this church. This pastor has told me he wants to give me the church. This guest speaker doesn't know that. The leader on the team, on my team does. The leader happens to be there at the church. The guest speaker in the middle of the message stops the message and starts prophesying over my leader, over the leader, and going, this is what they said. said, sometimes, pointed right at her, and said, sometimes the Lord has us wait for things we need, like a building for the house of prayer. So house of prayer, you just keep pressing into the Lord's will, and he will give you what you need, and it'll be even better than you think. Now, it's really interesting that he's saying that from the very church where the pastor has just recently said that he's wanting to give me the building. Okay, it's fine, no problem, I can dismiss that. Except that two days later, no, no, 10 days later. 10 days later, one of our intercessors, Debbie Roberts, she comes around and, uh, and she, she comes up to me and she says, Brad, I had this really interesting thing happen. Now she doesn't know any of the backstory. She said, I was driving around Arlington and I drove past this church and I felt like the Holy Spirit said he was going to give you that building. It was the exact building that these other two things happened. It's really odd. That's just really weird. Who talks about giving people church buildings anyway? I don't know. Apparently everybody I run with. <clears throat> well, it's, it's right after that. I go, uh, I, have a, I have a dream. I have a dream that same uh, night that seemed related where we were in a good-sized church building that had become ours. There had been some sort of shift in the church related to the pastor's message, and the church had become ours. The sanctuary felt like it was probably two to three times smaller than the building uh, from the journey dream. So the journey dream, if you call that 1,500 square feet, I'm sorry, 1,500 seater, Two to three times smaller, say it's three times smaller, it'd be around 500. Well, all these dreams keep showing up, a three to 500 seat sanctuary, three to 500 seat sanctuary, three to 500 seat, it just keeps showing up. So I, I really believe, I don't know if this building's gonna be ours and that one and this one are all 17, I don't know. I don't have all that figured out. What I do know is that the Holy Spirit is making it really clear that he is in this dialogue related to a church being given to us. And eventually, we're going to land in a, in a large facility. I'm not going to read these two dreams just because they just say the same thing as the journey dream, and that is we're going to wind up in a big building that is our final frontier, and that that big building isn't a church. So pretend I just read you a dream that said that, and then pretend I read you one more that said the same thing. 
Now, one detail that I, I want to give you, this was a, just kind of a fun one that Chris Manika has had this dream back in 2016. He shares his dream with me. He says, Brad had a map that showed us some of the property that we already owned or had influence over. We had to get some supplies from south of us and bring it back to the Nora location, and then we would have more than enough supply to get the Escapade building. Now, the reason I just throw this in there is this is just one more dream that tonight's message is about the building process, where we've been step-by-step and where I believe we're going step-by-step. It's really interesting, the details of this dream. Talk about the prayer room starting to own multiple locations and things, multiple buildings, multiple things. And it's really interesting because in this dream, we're still connected to the Nora building, but what we're told is let's bring some supplies back here and then we'll have more than enough to be able to get the Escapade building. Now, what that means to me is the step we're going to take out of this building, we're going to keep this building. I believe it's the cult building across the street. I fully believe it's the church. I pray it every single morning and have for since we moved in. I pray that the Lord gives us that building across the street. I fully believe it. Because there's something about the resources that are going to come back and that we're still going to have this as a hub of operation. Is this our offices? Is this a training center? I don't have all that figured out. We'll figure that out when the time comes. But we're still calling this part of our home and our base before we get to the Escapade building. But we've got plenty of information that tells us we're going to outgrow this building and have another facility before the Escapade building. Okay? I don't want to have Nora over here and then we're in a local church 10 miles away. That's a pain. But if it happened to be the church across the street, like originally, this was the youth ministry of the Methodist church across the street. And the first dream I had about being given a church, it was being given a Methodist church. But then the dreams develop and it's, there's now a situation where we wind up getting the building because of some serious theological issues in the leadership of whoever is pastoring this building, this church. The the details are just too clear. Well, 2017, we'd been in this building for about a year and a half, something like that, and things started to shift. We started to feel it. I've never had this happen before in my entire life. We were in a season of pruning for a number of years, and the Lord kept talking to us about the pruning is going to end, the pruning is going to end. I believed 2017 was a year that things were going to shift, but I have never had this happen before in my life. I went to bed with the weight and the heaviness of the season of pruning. On the last night, New Year's Eve, yeah, New Year's Eve of 2016, I felt the weight and the heaviness of the season of pruning. Anybody who was around in that period of time, we all felt the weight and the heaviness of the season. It was a very difficult season. I woke up the next morning, and I took my first breath. Waking up, instinctively, it felt different. I don't know, I don't know how to describe this. I woke up, and the first breath felt lighter. I, I was startled by my first breath. I took a breath and went, oh my, oh my gosh, I can breathe this air. Yeah, let's do this. Okay, 2017, thank you that you're here. 2016, die! 2016, die a terrible death. And so I just, I felt the weight lift. It was, I have never had that happen before. I'm not like one of those people that believes, you know, first day of the year is always a good one. I don't, I just woke up. The first breath of 2017 felt markedly different. And then things in the natural began to shift. 
wasn't long after that that we wound up getting into a great relationship with Time to Revive, and we wound up doing Revive Texas. Well, Revive Texas brought some people that are in this room tonight. Revive Texas brought us these lights and the capacity to do streaming. Revive Texas exposed us to tens of thousands of people that live in Dallas-Fort Worth. Tens of thousands. It was the most unbelievable things. Things started to shift in 2017 for real. We're a couple weeks into 2017, and a visitor comes up to me who doesn't know our history. First time she's ever here. She was here from out of town. She's here at a 5 a.m. set, and it's a pretty weird thing for a visitor at the 5 a.m. prayer meeting to come over and prophesy over me. That's pretty weird. It's happened like once. I think it was this lady, okay? This lady comes over to me, and she says, she doesn't know her history. She doesn't know it. She says, you've been standing at this door, but until now, you didn't have a handle. Now the Lord has established a handle on the door, and the handle can only be opened by you. He's giving it to you, whatever you need now to open this door. On the other side of this door is a great expanse. Now is the moment of your breakthrough. As you go through this door, the Lord is restoring your mantle and, in, and giving you increase. I don't know what your name means, but now he is restoring your identity related to your name. Now this is going to get a little weird, okay? I happen to know Brad means broad river. Not really a lot of fun, but a broad river. Well, so, I, I'm, so she says, you know, hey, he's going to restore, you know, things. And she's talking about there's a great expanse on the other side of this door. And I'm like, okay, a broad river. Works for me. It didn't really strike me as too prophetic. But I was like, okay, cool. Well, after I give this word, or after I get this word, I have a sense more is about to happen right away. That was on the 20th of, uh, of March in 2017. I have this sense. I'm going to get more. And I have a sense even I'm going to get more today. And so I go through my day, and I, uh, I, I get the weirdest confirmation from a guy I haven't talked to in nearly a year. He sends me a text message. I don't know that he'd ever sent me a text message before. He sends me a text message, and he says, hey, Brad, I know it's kind of corny, it's kind of cheesy. Today's the first day of spring. I go, okay. He said, I felt the Lord tell me I needed to call you or, or text you with Song of Solomon 2, 11 through 13. Here's Song of Solomon 2, 11 through 13. My beloved spoke to me, said, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one. Come with me. See, the winter is past. The rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth. The season of singing has come. The cooing of doves is heard in the land. The fig tree forms its early fruit. The blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Arise, come, my darling, my beautiful one. Come with me. Now, I get this. Right after that morning, I'm told the season is shifting. And here, this is all about the season shifting. See, the winter is past. The rains are, have uh, come and gone, and now the flowers are appearing on the earth. It's a season shift. The very thing I had been convinced of, 2017, season shift. First breath of the year, season shift. Well, so what? What's really weird is it's three days later. I've never had this happen before. It's three days later. Nobody knows any of that. Nobody knows. I just, but I wrote it down. Three days later, I'm at the pastor's prayer meeting over at Grace Community Church. Went over there every week on Thursdays for six or seven years. I walk in, and one of the elders of the church, great dude. I think he's prayed on that mic maybe twice in the years that I'd been there. Twice. 
Well, this day, he walks up to the mic and does the oddest thing. He walks up to the mic, he grabs the mic, he does not pray. He says the following words. My beloved spoke to me and said, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. See, the winter is past, the rains are over and gone, flowers appear on the earth, the season of singing has come. The cooing, he keeps reading, I'm looking around the room. Is anybody else, like, what is happening right now? He's not praying. He's reading the exact passage, start to finish, stopped when the other dude stopped in the text message. I pull up the text message. I am now reading along with him, not out of the Bible, out of my text message. From the text message I had gotten three days before to tell me the season has shifted. The winter is over. It is now a new season of life. He ends with the exact phrase. I mean, he ends with, come away with me, my beautiful one, just like that thing. All right, now I leave this prayer meeting and I'm shaking my head because I go, Lord, I know you're in this. Like, you're really, really in this. I don't really understand all of it, but whatever. And then I remember, oh man, this season is talking about a shift, not, I mean, for the prayer room, but it's related to his beauty. And it's related to him calling us beautiful. Because in this passage, it says, arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come away with me, my beautiful one. And I remember, oh my gosh, the name Nora means beautiful woman. The Nora building, the beautiful woman. And as soon as I say that, here's what strikes me. I hear the Holy Spirit say, you remember that lady that gave you that word that, that's kind of started all this? And I was like, yeah. She's, he said, she wasn't talking about the name that you looked or that you know. I said, what, what is she talking about? Well, my first name is Kenneth. It's Kenneth Bradley Stroop. I don't go by Kenneth, but that's my first name. The name Brad means broad river. So what? Right then, I feel the Holy Spirit say, look up the name Kenneth. Okay. Kenneth is an English name derived from a by name meaning handsome, which is the masculine of beautiful. The Holy Spirit is saying, come away with me, my beautiful one. The Nora building is the beautiful woman. He's saying, come away with me, my beautiful one. The masculine version is handsome. The name is also partly derived from a Celtic term, which means fire. Now, here's the reason that that matters. What she said was, the Lord is restoring your mantle. She's restoring your mantle. We've got all these words about planting houses of prayer and the Holy Spirit showing us those as fires. All these words about being a fire starter, being a fire starter. The, when she gave me that word, it didn't strike me. It struck me, you know, 10 days later, 14 days later, whatever it is, when I'm meditating on this and the Holy Spirit brings all of this to mind. The, the reason I'm saying all this, I want us to believe in the prophetic leading of the Holy Spirit. And when he says the season is shifting and he backs it up prophetically, it's done. When he says the season's going to be here a while, buckle up. Don't even try to drive a different direction. Just suffer through it. Just give in. Do the waltz if he's waltzing. The Holy Spirit has led us so clearly. 2017 was a shift point, but it wasn't the end of the story. The final step before the journey gets underway and will end tonight. Worship team, you can come on up. Now, I'm going to read the most brief version 
of the journey dream one more time as we end this series because it it wraps up and gives such clarity on where we're going what's happened okay i have this dream in 2012 this was the this is the primary dream that we have been leaning on looking to taking our cues from not because it was a cool dream it was cool but because the lord gave us three prophetic signs this will happen and it will give you faith for the next one this will happen, and it will give you faith for the next one. This will happen, and it will give you faith that you are, in fact, going on a journey to the Escapade building. I'm going to read you the dream. I was on an enormous yacht owned by a mysterious billionaire, and one of his higher-ups assigned me an incredible personal assistant. Then one of them said that they were going to give me at least $10,000. I asked when our journey would get underway, and they said, soon. Then I went up to the next floor of the ship and it opened up to a very large room that was very well done. After being in that room for a moment, the billionaire appeared and activated something that caused the panels of the roof of this room, the, the, the one in the dream, of that room, the panels of that roof to open up to an even larger room on the floor above it. This room could hold 1,500 people or more. The roof of this room, of this larger room, also simultaneously opened to the sky. Then Luke Cooper and I were on the dock, readying to set sail, talking about how big and life-changing this journey was about to be. Here's the reason this matters. I had the dream, and I knew the Holy Spirit was saying, I'm going to give you an assistant that you couldn't make happen. I, you've been trying to get an assistant for three years. It hasn't worked. I'm going to give you an incredible assistant. It was just two months later that I wound up getting Becky, who had previously run a uh, um, Medieval Times. Thank you. She, she was awesome. I had no assistant for quite some time. And then all of a sudden, I get this. It was unbelievable to me. I couldn't believe that it happened because I had tried so hard to get a personal assistant. But as soon as it happened, I knew the 10,000 thing's going to happen. Now, I didn't tell anybody. I mean, well, a few people. I didn't preach on it. I didn't tell any of that. I kept it really close. I would always tell the dream and I would say this, this angel, because that's what it was in the dream, this angel said, I'm going to do something specific for Brad. And that's about as specific as I would ever get. I would never give the details. The last time I told this dream was in this prophetic history three years ago. And two weeks after I told the journey dream and I said, and the Lord uh, and the Holy Spirit is, uh, you know, anointed this angel. This angel said that he's going to give me something specific or do, I didn't say give. I said, do something specific for me. It was Two days later, someone gave me $10,000. And it actually happened exactly like in the dream. That was the second prophetic sign. The third prophetic sign is that we wind up getting into a building that the Holy Spirit is orchestrating, he's helping, and it's, it's sizable. And this building, we wind up, it's well done, it's larger than this facility, and all of this is still just to get us to believe for the real promise. The dream was always about going on the journey, which doesn't even happen until level four or thing four or part four or whatever four. So I want to tell you really clearly, we are going to get into a large facility between now and the Escobar building, and I am going to do less than nothing to make that happen. And the Lord's going to do it. I mean, when they call me, I won't hang up on them. But I'm not going to go make it happen. I'm going to wait for it to happen. It's going to happen to us. This is the Lord's orchestration. This is his dream. 
his journey. Now, here's the last piece I give you, and then we'll, we'll cut out. I want to get you praying with me for the building. But the building has to fit the following criteria according to the prophetic leadings. One, it has to be a large, well-done room. Two, it's got to be a three to 500-seat sanctuary. Three, it has to be a church building. Four, it needs to be an old Methodist church. Five, it needs to be an enemy base. Six, it needs to be fully, a fully furnished facility. Seven, it needs to be near enough to Nora that we can still do our encounter services there and have our prayer room here. And eight, close enough to be considered still part of this base. So if you can think of any buildings that fit that criteria and you want to start praying for them, I implore you to go ahead and do so. Just go ahead and... This concludes this teaching from the prayer room. For more resources or to schedule another TPR teacher to come speak at your church or event, please see our website at theprayerroomdfw.com. Thank you.